welcome to Conversation with the Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. Today's chat is with Julian Summer at Pear Street over in Port Arlington. Pear Street is owned by Peter Roddy and his partner Ebony Vag, and a couple of years ago I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Peter at their other venue, Noir, in Richmond. Julian did part of his apprenticeship at Noir before heading to Perth and working at Wildflower, a fine dining restaurant specialising in native ingredients and respecting the Aboriginal seasons. Being invited to join Peter and Ebony in their next venture speaks volumes for Julian. I was lucky enough to be a guest of Port Phillip Ferries and Pier Street last Saturday and I have to say, what a lovely day trip. It's so easy to take an hour, the hour 40-minute ferry trip from Victoria Harbour across to Port Arlington and Pier Street is literally at the other end of the pier so you can drink beautiful Ballerine Peninsula wine and eat Port Arlington mussels or of course their other delicious dishes then get the ferry home again. Perfect. As was my chat to Julian, who braved the wind outside the kitchen to tell me about his journey and discoveries as a chef and how excited he is to discover more. Now, you will hear the wind over the course of this podcast, and I did think about editing it out, but then I thought, why not share the whole experience with you? Enjoy. Hi, how are you? Uh, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So um, it was nice to meet you on Saturday, and it was such a lovely day getting the ferry across there and, and having mussels and so on. It's, I haven't been to Port Arlington before, and um, so I'm just really interested in getting a bit of a background of you as a chef, and um, and you told me that you had travelled around a little bit, so maybe we could start at the beginning, because you said that you are originally from over that way. Um, so where did you grow up? Yeah, so I, I was born in Melbourne, but I I moved down to Torquay when I was about four or five years old mm. to start primary school and yeah basically spent the next well like close to 20 years or uh, yeah about 15 years I thought I was about 20 years old down that way wow uh, working in Anglesey um my first kitchen job was working in a cafe above the surf club there nice so did you always uh, know that you wanted to work in hospitality? Um, I can't say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's something that I kind of, I, I almost fell into, mm. you could say. Um, I, my first job when I was 15 was working at McDonald's, it's okay. Yep. Um, and do you know what? Never... A lot of chefs say that they have worked at McDonald's and it's actually quite good for the discipline and... Um, you know, cleaning up after yourself and all that kind of thing. So I don't think it's a bad thing to have worked at McDonald's. Oh, no, no, it's not at all. Yeah, they really drill into you, um, yeah, some really good life skills, especially working in kitchens um, and front of house side of things, I can imagine too. But, um, yeah, that was a good stepping stone, I guess, into a proper kitchen working with your food, you know. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so I, so I was there for about two and a half years. Um, after that, I, yeah, picked up work in this cafe in Anglesey. Um, I was doing that for mainly just summer times. Yeah. Um, for two winter seasons, I worked up at Falls Creek mm-hmm. in 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, and I think at the time I was still just a kitchen hand, um, I would cook like I was still, I was 
doing a lot of cooking at the time. Um, was that really yeah, just I, to, I guess it was, that just to facilitate uh, your lifestyle, just to I mean to you know to go ski to do snowboarding or whatever it was that you were doing? Was it just a means to an end at that stage? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it was more so in my second season that I worked in. It was more like the fine dining restaurant of uh, well, the company that I was working for. They owned. Yeah. And yeah, just meeting a bunch of chefs that had yeah done the whole like travel thing with work um yeah just realizing how good um, of an opportunity you can have as a chef mm. um wherever you go it's not too hard to pick up some work you know so yeah um that i guess that kind of led me to um yeah work towards my apprenticeship and so after a few years of being a kitchen hand um and i was also doing a I have a little bit of work on the side as a surf instructor. But mm. That's obviously <laughs> very seasonal in yeah. Victoria. <laughs> yes. So definitely something to rely on. Um, and where did, did you do your apprenticeship? Uh, I ended up in a few places. So I started in the Beach Hotel in Janjuk. Mm-hmm. It's the pub there. Um, after six months, I scored a job up in Melbourne at a Spanish restaurant called Chato in Thornbury. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up there for uh, roughly about a year. Um, I moved on to another cafe. Um, I stuck around there for a few months. And then, um, yeah, I wasn't really enjoying my time there, so I was looking for more work and ended up stumbling upon Noir and Pete and Ebony. Yeah. And yeah, basically finished my apprenticeship from there. Wow, was it, um, I suppose, well, was it much of a switch going from Spanish food to French food? Because Noir has um, got a very French menu, hasn't it? Um, oh, sorry, it's quite hard to hear you on this phone. Oh, <laughs> I was just saying. I've got a lot of birds. I'm, I'm outside, I've got a lot of birds chirping around here. It's so great. I couldn't believe that you just get off the ferry and there was Pear Street. So the, I can imagine there are a lot of birds because you're right by the sea. Um, yeah, so I was just saying that, that Noir is a French restaurant and that you'd come from a Spanish restaurant and I suppose cafe. Was it quite a shift to go somewhere like Noir from those other experiences? Um, well, I guess everywhere you go is different yeah. in some way, in one way or another. Um uh, it, I guess it was a little bit of a shift. Um, moving more towards, well, I was obviously a little bit more fine dining mm. than what that, that, that place was. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a little bit of a, it was a nice change up, I guess. Yeah. Um, that was my first experience into the whole, like, fine dining scene, I guess, doing degustation menus and, um, yeah, working around real nice food. Mm. Spanish place. Did absolutely amazing food. The chef in there, um, Maria, she's she's absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's very, what they're doing in there is very traditional Spanish fare, and yeah, I guess yeah, Noir was great for that. Um, so it inspired me to go on and work in oh, further my fine dining um, skills, I guess. Oh, okay, so you um, you left Noir from there to go somewhere else. Yeah, so after Noir, after I got qualified there, um, I moved to Perth mm. and 
initially jumped into FIFO work, working in the mines. Okay, wow. Um, that was that was definitely something different. Um, lasted about two months there before <laughs> I ended up like hating myself and the food that I was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, food for the masses going from something like that to um, cooking food for the masses wasn't really something I was into. So. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, ended up scouting around and um, scored a job at the top of my list of places I wanted to work at over there called Wildflower. Mm. What do they do? Um, What's their specialty? Um, their specialty is um, native Australian ingredients. Wow, Otherwise, cool. a lot of um, yeah, what well, like Aboriginal cuisine would be. Um, they're they didn't base their menus around, you know, the, the standard um, four seasons of the year. Theirs was more based around the six Aboriginal seasons of the year. Yep. Um, so that was that was a great experience working around all these ingredients that, you know, a lot of people have no idea exist in our own country. Yeah, I love the sound of that. Can you um, could you tell me some of those ingredients? Um. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, there's, like, a lot of, well, herbs-wise, we use a lot of things like gelatin wax, mm. which is, like, a flower, but um, off the stems, they have a bunch of pine needles that are edible. Mm-hmm. Um, we use that for a lot of things like making oils, um, using it to flavor sauces, uh, make salt at some point. Um mm. Oh, there's uh, river mint, yep. which is a very strong, pungent, uh, almost steam minty kind of flavour. Okay. Um, there's native thyme, native basil, um, sea parsley. Wow. Gorilla, which grows like everywhere around the coast. And like a sea parsley. And, and were you foraging for these as well, or were they? Was there a supplier, or how did you come by those? Uh, we did forage for a few of those ingredients, um, but some of it was supplied through. Ooh, I can't remember who it would have been at the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I'm all for that, and I do think it's so important. You know, we talk about seasonal eating, but to recognise that in whatever land you're on, that there might be different seasons. And I think that that's, um, that's a great thing to have done. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, really, yeah, done really well too. Mm. Um, you know, there was another cart menu, but most people came into time for our, our tasting menu. So mm. that was um, that was definitely like another step up, I feel. Yeah. That kitchen was, um, yeah, full of like very professional chefs. Um, yeah, a lot of great mentors in there. That I was going to say, it sounds like you've had some really great experiences in kitchens where um, you have had some good mentors and worked with with good head chefs and owners and so on. Um, and I don't think that's always been the case for chefs, but that's um, great that you had that. Yeah, I guess that was um, that was my goal. Um, yeah. Once I figured out that's what this is what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. Um, just wanted to be working in the first place. So, so how long were you there? Uh, what's that, sorry? How long were you at Wildflower? 
Uh, I was there for, oh, what was that? About, it's just over a year. Okay. Close, close to a year and a half, maybe. Mm. Year and three, four months-ish, something like that. And so what kind of um, level in the kitchen did you get up to there? Um, oh, I was basically just another drone in the kitchen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was. I worked my, my way through basi- basically every section in the kitchen. Um, yeah. That kitchen was based around a few different sections on um, entrees. So one section would almost be based around just like one or two dishes. Mm. This would be inc- intricacy of... Um, like a lot of the mise en place, the prep that needed to be done for each dish. Um, yeah, it just needed that, like, extra amount of, um, like, labour and, like, hands-on, you know, to get things done. So, um, yeah, there were, uh, worked my whole way through LADA. There were three sections there up to the pass. Uh, it's on the grill for a while. Um, we didn't have a standard grill in there. Um, half your job was lighting the fire in the morning and it was basically keeping this campfire all day. Yeah, wow. I've heard that's really, that's a real art in itself. You've got to really watch the coals and move them around and, and get a new hot spot and all that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like making sure yeah, you've got the hot coals underneath the grill because um, the char grill is if it's not hot enough, you're not going to be able to cook food. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> just, another, yeah, just another thing to be worrying about. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so after Perth, did you come back to Melbourne or what happened? No, so after Perth, I got a job in Japan. Mm. I worked the snow season over there. Wow, amazing. Um, and not the... really doing anything special. Like mm. I was basically just... Um, I moved on to doing like breakfast, uh, the breakfast shift for in-house guests in this hotel, Yeah, which was basically, it's almost like a little holiday for me, to be honest, after <laughs> working at Wildflower. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, um, do you like yeah. Japanese food as well? Oh, what's that, sorry? Do you like Japanese food? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I love Japanese food. Cool. Um, so that was good. So then you got to do some, are you a skier or a snowboarder? Yeah, snowboarder. Yeah, cool. Um, so you got to do a bit of that as well as make breakfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like my day would consist of getting up, starting at six, doing service from 7.30 till nine, <laughs> then moving on to cooking the, um, staff lunch. About 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Yeah. I was done for the day. So I basically had each and every day to go out riding if the conditions were. So I was, yeah, really lucky to pick up a role like that in a place like that. <laughs> but I think more and more we're seeing that chefs, you know, like you're not just work horses that can work 16-hour days, you know, all these days. I think it's really important to treat it like any other job, that you do a really great job when you're there, but you also have your downtime and that just sounds like you absolutely maximized and as you say when you spoke to those other chefs earlier they you know they told they showed you how you could go traveling and have this quite good lifestyle and I think it's important to have a lifestyle as a chef as well and then what you bring to the plate is so much you know when you're rested and 
feeling good. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it can be quite hard to live a lifestyle outside of um, cooking, you know. Like, it's very hard to have find yourself a social life because it generally takes up a lot of your time. So yeah. Finding, finding a place like that, even if it's for the short term, um, yeah, like I was saying before, like it almost felt like a little holiday. <laughs> um, and then, so what happened after Japan? Um, oh, so I was there until, well, basically COVID hit, but so start of March, I broke my heel, the Wow. And so I came back on the... 17th or 18th of March and uh, was picked up from the airport, went straight to the hospital. Um, this is like 11 days later, by the way. Mm. <laughs> I, was in, I went to the medical center a few times in Japan. Um, they wanted me to get surgery over there. Uh, that never ended up happening because my insurance company wanted me to get the surgery done back here. Yeah, right. By the time I was back... Um, I think it had been the time of so they just decided not to operate. So mm-hmm. up until what well, when Pier Street reopened, I was basically recovering from injuries. Yeah, yeah, wow. And how is it being on your feet all day now? Um, I have had a few little issues with my back because of it. Yeah. Um, just my so I broke my right heel. On my left side, I've had a little bit of trouble. Oh, you've probably um, been standing in the back. Yeah, you've probably been overcompensating or something. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, um, uh, I'm seeing the osteo at the moment, and uh, they're like, oh, like an osteo slash physio. So yeah, they've already worked through that pain, that that pain, and now moving more towards um, strengthening up that leg again. So. Yeah, right. Hopefully it won't be too much worse or too much longer. I mean, it's fine. Like, it's, um, it's been manageable to do anything Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get involved um, with, well, obviously you already know Peter and Ebony from Noir, but um, what what happened that, that got you on board with Pier Street? Um, well, my mum lives in Port Alexander, and... Um, I got a message from Pete when I was in Japan asking if if I was ever looking for work down this way that he'd be happy to um, bring me on and I I told him obviously wasn't able to yeah Um, but yeah in between the first and second lockdowns we met up in Melbourne and started coffee and had a chat about things and yeah he offered me the position so so you um it's a position with a bit of responsibility then is it yeah it is it is a bit um i mean when he was like when we sat down for that coffee he, one of the things he was saying was um it's it, it's still his food same same as noir like he's got uh he's like head chef in there that runs Pete food, Pete's food because he's obviously the man with all the experience. Mm. <laughs> so um, he knows what's going on. So yeah, that's, for now, I have basically um, picking up more of that role. Yep. Um, as time progresses. So 
yeah, it's it's been good because I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't been thrown into a position like this before, so it's a great learning experience. Absolutely, and within um, within a context where you're really well supported and and obviously they trust you and think you can do the job, so that's always good backing, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. And so what's yeah. the, um, oh, no, sorry, carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I was really flattered when, uh, when they asked me to do the job, so, yeah, because yeah. I have a lot of respect for the both of them, so, yeah, it meant a lot to be able to take this on. Yeah, it's great, and what an amazing part of the world to be working in. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's, it's beautiful, yeah, it's a beautiful town, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's cute, I, yeah, right. I've never been there, it's lovely, and, um, those um, yeah. Port Arlington mussels were delicious that we had. It's hard to go to anything else on the menu, but do you have do you have other favourites you like cooking on the menu? Um, I guess uh, the other two mussel dishes, the Thai mussels and the um, mussel chowder, um, they're both, uh, I'd say, winners for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a, like on our breakfast menu, this dish is definitely our highest seller. The, um, it's like an avocado and feta with like poached eggs. It's kind of like a smashed avocado without smashing the avocado, but okay. it's got a, so a saltbush pesto. So ah. saltbush. Good. Which is, yeah, negative uh, yeah, ingredient, obviously. Um, and like a, a whipped feta. That's, that's definitely our biggest seller for breakfast. I would probably, if I was to come in for breakfast, that would probably be my choice. Yeah, nice. Great. And um, and I suppose now that we're out of lock, well, we're out of lockdown and people are moving around a bit more, have you been really busy? Yeah, yeah. We're kind of weather dependent. Um, I mean, weekends, we just get really busy since, since Melbourne opened up. I mean, when I came out and saw you, that was probably... The quietest Saturday that we've had for quite a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely feel it once like, the weekend here. It's Friday night through to Sunday. So yeah. It's been, it's been insane, yeah. We've already, we've already had days that have been busier than last summer pre-COVID. Yeah, amazing. And, um, and during the week, is it more locals that are coming down? Yeah, I would say so. Um. We do have some regulars. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, a lot of people would be coming from Geelong, you know, possible other parts of regional Victoria. There's a noticeable difference between weekdays and weekends. Mm. Um, this week, the ferries started running from Thursday to Sunday now. So okay. We might see a bit more of an influx on the Thursday and the Friday. Yeah. Daytimes. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, once once summer hits, Boxing uh, Day on it, yeah, it's quite hectic down the coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Great. Well, um, so Julian, it's so windy, isn't it? <laughs> I can hear the wind. Um, I'm just yeah, gonna say that. that's okay. Well, I'll try, try to get out. Of it. Oh, that's all right. I was just gonna say, um, you know, you fell into being a chef, you fell into hospitality, now you've had all these like really great and quite varied experiences. What is it now that um that keeps you wanting to be a chef? What do you love about it or what is it about cooking that you that appeals to you? Um oh that's a 
tough question. <laughs> um, I guess it feels like you get to a certain level and you just want to keep progressing and pushing yourself. Yeah. Just seeing how far you can go. I mean, the knowledge on food can be endless, you know. We're still learning about how, how things can be done, prepared, cooked. So, yeah, it's basically like there's like a never-ending hunt for knowledge in this industry. Mm. You, can never, you can never know it all, you know. That's right. Well, that makes it exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, and how do you get your knowledge? Are you? I mean, I know you've worked with really great people, but are you? Are you someone who flicks through Instagram, or have you got cookbooks, or um, do you watch TV shows about food? Like, where, where are you getting your input? Um, I guess the majority majority of it has definitely come from chefs that I've worked with. Yeah, um, that would be my main source. Um, I do have a couple of cookbooks. I just recently picked up um, Noma's Arts of Fermentation, mm. which I really want to be playing around with a little bit of fermentation again, yeah. which we use quite a bit at Wildflower. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess cookbooks, um, not so much TV shows. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't really I don't watch a lot of TV. No. <laughs> um, yeah, like most most of my knowledge and uh, most of my inspiration definitely comes from chefs that I've worked with, or just looking at you know nice restaurants or cafes, looking at what they're doing. Um, you know what's what's going on, what's popular at the moment, mm. what can be done. Yeah, mm. just, just things like that, I guess. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Well, look, thank you, Julian. I'll let you go and finish doing whatever it was you're doing. And, um, and all the best for summer <laughs> and, um, and for your heel recovery. I hope that... Oh, yeah, no thank you very much, Joe. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you. You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com or follow me on Instagram so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.